This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and am joined by Mawera Karatai in Fakatani. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? Very well indeed. How many times have I said kia ora, Sam? How's it going? It must be like 60-something times now. 69 if you're so inclined, today is a rude show. <laughs> Yay! We may have some music to match the mood. <laughs> and who are we talking to today? Uh, today we have got uh, Dr. Matthew Valentine, um, who is the Clinical Director of Informatics at Bay of Plenty District Health Board, and a long-time um, friend of mine who I met just after he and his wife and children arrived here in New Zealand uh, about two. 2008 maybe that's right yeah long time eh yay yeah <laughs> so welcome we haven't Matt. left yet thank you okay. it's great to be here please don't leave <laughs> well you can tell from my accent i've come here from the from the u.s and every year the u.s does its best to make it easier to stay in new zealand <laughs> so welcome matt thank you how how has bubble life been for you? You know, I so my in addition to being the clinical director for, of informatics in the in Bay of Plenty DHB, I'm also an emergency physician. Uh, that's my my medical specialty. So I I actually was one of those essential workers who who got to keep working, and. Um, the 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 lockdown time and the bubble time was actually uh, was actually quite pleasant for us in New Zealand um, to the point that a lot of people in New Zealand have almost this sort of um, survivor's guilt over what their what our colleagues in in the U.S. and the U.K. and other and other countries have experienced. Uh, our experience was in, in emergency medicine that the emergency departments that. Uh, fewer people were coming to the hospital, uh, and we had more staff because we had to to have enough staff to uh, clean what to to staff what we called red and green areas of the emergency department for for patients with with respiratory symptoms and patients without. And since everybody had all their uh, couldn't go on on planned trips and whatnot, we had we had extra staff available. So. We had more staff and fewer patients, so it was um, it was it was quite pleasant during during that time. Um, but we had my family with me as well, and in a and we did that in a relatively small house, which was which was an adventure. I had to 
I had to relax and not be as quite as uptight about things as I as I am sometimes. Um, and and uh, and we all uh, we all survived. So that was um, it was a I think it was a, a net a net positive experience for us. So did you go to work for a bit of quiet time? Yes, that's right. So uh, I it was not that it was quiet, quiet, but um, where a lot of people did did suffer from not being able to see friends and colleagues and have those sort of those normal social social interactions. Uh, uh, I did get to um, I, I did get to see my friends and workmates and whatnot. So it was uh, um, I didn't have that degree of isolation that that I know a lot of other people had to uh, had to experience. Were you managing the the emergency areas? You said that red and red and green. Were you uh, working yeah. on the basis that everybody might have COVID? Is is that how it played out? Although, so the experience overseas certainly, when 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 there's really rapid spread and um, there's lots and lots of people have it, there they have had problems where. I, where people would come in with with problems that did not seem to be related to to a COVID infection, and they would turn out to have it. You know, they would come in with a, you know, with a sprained ankle, and they would have COVID. So it was that was that was quite crazy for them. I uh, for us, it certainly never got to that point, and and so we didn't treat every single patient as as having COVID, we screened every single patient to make sure, and we screened them outdoors uh, before they came into the hospitals to, and if they had any potential symptoms or risk factors for, for COVID, uh, they were, um, they were uh, given a mask to wear and we would, we would treat them in the, in the red area and we would be wearing full personal protective equipment to, to do that with. So come Conversely, did it seem a bit surreal going home from that heightened sense of tension and heightened, um, not care, because you care all the time, but more perhaps more tense environment going home? The tension came from, there, there was tension with that transition and it, and it came from, and a lot of, a lot of clinicians were, were, dreadfully afraid of of bringing the illness home to their families uh that they would get exposed at work or contaminated at work and 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 bring it home because that was certainly something that 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 overseas that happened uh so um the dhb for example brought in um uh uh showers that were in <laughs> big shipping containers uh, that were that had showers in them and parked them outside the hospitals and and so you could uh, you could you could sort of decontaminate yourself before you left you left and I did develop a, a procedure and where I had a, uh, a change of clothes in a in a in a bag and I I had it all very very measured out where I could uh, go to my car um, open the back grab my my clean clothes at the in in a bag and carry it at full arm's length out out for me to the shower get in shower off drop my my contempt my potentially contaminated clothes put on clean clothes and 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 put them in the bag and go home and be able to put that bag straight into the into the into the washing machine and, and try to minimize any you know any potential contamination along the way 
now obviously in retrospect that was um that probably wasn't necessary and that was that was overly cautious but it's exactly the sort of thing that like i was saying our healthcare colleagues overseas are are having to do uh for real um if they're even going home there's a lot of people sleeping in sleep outs and garages and whatnot so and 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 staying away from their families so that they they don't risk uh they don't risk any contamination Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have you two. All I want is you. Why this one? This one just resonates with me a lot. The the this album um, that is from the Joshua Tree album, which they uh, made sort of the towards the end of a time that they were spending in America, and it just it resonates with me for a lot of the things that I that I like about America. I uh, it it. It makes me feel. It makes me think about the relationship with my uh, with my wife and how I and how I feel about her and just some of the um, the lines that resonate with me, like a uh, a highway with no one on it. Uh, that for me, and driving across big open spaces in the U.S. in the Western U.S., where you're the only person on that road, and the, and the, and the sense of freedom that you get from that just just uh, 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 really resonate. U2 is probably my favorite band, and it's hard to narrow it down to a favorite song, but um, I decided to choose this one.
about surreal the joshua tree national park is quite surreal isn't it 
It is. Unfortunately, I've never I've never been there, but um, my my father just went there recently uh, before uh, at the end of last year and had some pictures. And yeah, it's a it's an amazing place. You're talking about the 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 feelings of or not the feelings the experience of your colleagues around New Zealand and internationally. Is there a community of practice? Are you are you well connected? Oh yeah, I, we are. Um, there are so many. The the we're well we're certainly well connected within New Zealand. It's just a um, uh, a small country and a small uh, and within specialties. Certainly, a lot of people know each other. Uh, during COVID, we. Um, you know, for example, we created an, an online group for for any types of clinicians uh, to join to talk about issues related to that, and that was really um, a, a sort of experience of, of of solidarity with each other. But also in New Zealand, and especially within the the because emergency medicine is a is a newer specialty. Um, more so than other specialties in New Zealand, there are a, a, a higher percentage of um, uh, overseas trained specialists uh, practicing in New Zealand. And of course, they're all, and the majority of them are, 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 are UK or US based. I mean, there's people from all over the world, but just proportionately, those are the biggest. And, and with those being, um, you know, two of the most heavily affected countries from from covid everybody had had friends back in their in their home countries who were who were experiencing a very different reality than 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 what we what we did and 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 continue to experience here i've got a friend who's in somewhere north of austin in texas and every so often mm. she posts on facebook the the portal from Williams County, Williams Williamstown County. I can't remember where it is, um, and it's it's got the number of COVID patients and the the number in ICU and the number of available res, um, ventilators. And she's like tracking the, the the difference in that. And they 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 haven't maxed out, but it looks like they've got one free. That must it's, be a uh, horrible Texas situation to be in. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of places did experience that, and it's. Texas is being hit very hard right now, and I've heard of some other portals and data reporting the same thing that that seem to have stopped reporting as they've uh, reached uh, the the maximum value. And um, yeah, it's 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 very it's very unfortunate that that's happening at at this stage of the outbreak, especially when uh, we should know better. So you work in not just emergency medicine, but in medical informatics. That's right. Yeah. Was, is that a move? Is that a jump sideways or expanding <laughs> your reach? How, how did that come about? I uh, look, so the, it was, it's been something, the, the, the application of, of technology to healthcare is always something I was, I was interested in. Um, I never really had a chance to, to do anything with it. I until I until I came to New Zealand, and um, I was able to 
get some additional training and I, I got a postgraduate diploma in health informatics. I well, health sciences, uh, health informatics from the University of Auckland and, and got involved at the, at my, my hospital, my DHB in, in those sort of projects and it came about. So, and it's, it's, um, I, you know, it's a very, I find it a very exciting thing to do. There's a lot of changes and new opportunities coming with, with, with technology and healthcare. Um, and it, uh, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the things I really appreciate about medicine is that there are, there are mo so many aspects to it and so many things that, that can be done in it, you know, <laughs> including being able to travel to other countries and be useful, um, that, uh, I, one can have a, a, a long, long and personally rewarding career in it. Do you think we're going to see a time when people are going to turn up at the emergency rooms with their cell phone already having all their data on it and saying saying what their blood pressure has been for the last week and all that sort of thing? Well, it's starting and there's there are tools there there's more and more tools starting to to help people with that. There's there's been a couple of case reports in the literature of of um uh, of emergency departments being able to diagnose a patient with uh, atrial fibrillation based on the data from their Fitbit watch, um, and and people are starting to use that more. The uh, uh, the more and more information is is being made available through um, through patient portals with to to GP systems. I uh, but uh, but I, I hope that. I, I hope that future, as you describe it, uh, comes to pass. I uh, and I don't know if um, I don't think uh, uh, I hope Mawara didn't plant that question for you because uh, she's shaking her head, so that's good. I one of the things that that um, I'm also currently working on is I uh, joined a startup company last year that is um, actually trying to develop a product to do exactly that. So. Uh, uh, and I will, I will say it. I didn't, I didn't plant that question for you either, but, um, I, there is, there is a lot of, there is, there's so much data and information for, for health out there. And the information that's about you is very extensive as well. And, and nobody has a, nobody has a complete picture of all of it. Um, uh, a complete collection. Not you know the hospital doesn't the your GP doesn't uh, uh, and so if you if you accept that as a problem which which I think it is it is a problem um, the question then you know who should have that complete record and I you know like I believe that the the answer to that is is you should have the complete record of all of all of all your data you have the vested interest in making sure it's complete and accurate. And and most importantly, uh, you know, available to the to the, the 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 people who you want to get want to get care from, so they can make the the best decisions for you. So there's, I mean, this is a there's there's international moves to this, and it's it's a uh, it's it's growing, but it's a it's a big change, and it's a big it's a big challenge to the um, to the way we deliver healthcare currently all over the world. Well, I say all over the world, but that's not true. Ironically, in in, I've talked to people who've practiced in, like in Africa, for example, where they 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 don't have this, the IT systems perhaps in 
in hospitals and GP clinics and and there the patients do carry around a little book of that's got their their medical history in it and it and it works really well because you know, they, they come in to see you they have the whole record right there and it's uh, and it's one of those things now that's being done on paper rather than digitally obviously but uh, in many ways it, it 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 worked better than our system of of keeping charts in the hospital Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really, really hope that whatever is happening around you, and wherever you are, that this journey that we're all on together is proving very rewarding and nourishing for you as you deserve at all times so here we are these beautiful human animals the product of literally billions of years of life co-evolving on this paradise planet here making things better whether consciously or not perfect unique and here with new perspectives and new gifts to share thank you all for being born and physically manifesting at this time so of course part of having a physical body is being very aware more and more of our whole order, our well-being, our health. And this is very important. And for me, I know my own understanding of my physical health has really helped to shape and illuminate for me different ways of experiencing our physical world. And for Māori, of course, there are those four principles of whole order or well-being, tahawairua, spiritual well-being, Taha Hininaro, mental and emotional well-being. Taha Fano, family and social well-being. Taha Tinana, physical well-being. And of course, all of this is underpinned by that really big picture, the whole order and the well-being of the Fenua, the land, which of course gives us our foundation and our roots. And I think this is a really lovely framework to understand health within. But I acknowledge, of course, that just like every aspect of our lives for all of us we have a unique understanding and a unique perspective and this is something that we all share and by contributing our unique perspectives and bringing them together we can add to that co-evolution of knowledge and well-being globally so for myself my physical well-being has really contributed to those other aspects. So the more that I have cared for myself physically, and this is actually quite a new thing for me, it's only in the last couple of years I've really, really focused on it, there have been huge shifts for me in terms of those other aspects of my well-being. So of course, all these different aspects are connected in just the same way that we are part of a vast ecology of life all throughout our infinite universe. So as I started to really focus on the care of my physical body, I found that my emotional well-being vastly improved and my ability to take a step back from the various ups and downs of the human world, the creation of the human world and return therapeutically to the real world, the natural world, the living world greatly increased. And of course, what I have also found is that my empathy, my ability to see others' perspectives has greatly improved. And so my interactions with others 
are much more open and free now that I'm taking better care of myself. So I really hope for you over this time, especially in lockdown level four, level three, level two, when we were really having that opportunity to go within and focus on our ho'ora well-being more, you found some new ways to connect with and support your precious, precious self. For me, I know when I am feeling my best, I'm able to really appreciate being alive and being connected to the life around me. And I want to maintain this state of gratitude and that sense of connection through my self-care practices. And for me, that means making sure I get enough sleep, I get enough time to myself, I get nourishing food, and most of all, I get time connecting with that real world, that natural world, that living world that we're all a part of. So I'll leave you there and look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Kakite. Other than the details of how you manage the emergency department in, in the, the, the different spaces and, and the, the PPEs and so on, do you think that there are changes from this that will stick? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, the, the, the obvious one, uh, one of the biggest ones that, that, that all the DHBs did during this time is, and, and GPs, was make a, a big change to to telehealth um, delivering care via uh, well they found they were able to do quite a bit over the over the phone and and quite a bit more um, over video. Now there's some other technologies, supporting technologies that we need to to bring along to make that a a long term sustainable thing. Uh, but I think that's that that's been that's been something that's that. It's one of those things that everybody knows is coming, but but we haven't perhaps put all the the energy and time into it that um, uh, that that it that it needed to to get it right, and and so that's had a had a huge push forward. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we've we've got um, in New Zealand, we've got you know very very geographically widespread uh, uh, population. Uh, relatively few specialists who are in 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 isolated areas, or excuse me, in, in single areas, and uh, it's it's ridiculous to make people travel long distances um, within the uh, uh, you know to 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 see a specialist if if they you know if if what you're needing is is the specialist to talk to you and think about what your what your problem is. You know, obviously, a surgeon still might need to stick something pointy into you, and that will still require a, a, a physical visit. Um, but for all the things that that don't, uh, the 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 waste of time it is for 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 people, uh, for the environmental impact of the you know of of, uh, of the travel, the expense of the travel, um, time away from work, time away from family and fano, it's. It's it's crazy. Why why would we keep doing it that way? So that's one of the biggest ones that's that's um, kind of cracked wide open with uh, uh, with COVID that we that we want to to keep the momentum going on to uh, uh, make a more routine part of the healthcare experience. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller 
urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, bubble folk. Lisa here on an awesome day um, out there in post-bubble, still-bubble, exciting world, whatever that looks like for you. And along those lines, like sort of post-bubble, but you know, we're still um, acknowledging we have bubbles, uh, particularly our bigger bubble, which is our five million, um, and keeping our borders closed at the moment with uh, the um, idea that this little bubble here in New Zealand pass in some form normal life, I guess, which is pretty exciting, um, pretty privileged, actually. Lucky we are, and we are super lucky. There's been some, I think, quite um, important judgment calls made, but I think in many ways those were lucky too because, you know, we just didn't and still probably don't exactly what we're dealing with. Um, but I guess because we've adopted this quite, um, I guess, vigilant approach, we've closed our border, kept our little New Zealand bubble uh, as tight as we can, then we have to also, I guess, flip that around and go, well, we're safe in many ways, or you know, fingers crossed, we can turn relatively safe. But what does that look like now? We've been um, living in this world for a number of years where travel is of our lives and many. Now, obviously that's not for it's not everyone's thing, and for some people it's not. It's not something open and to everyone in the world, but there are a lot of people that there's a sort of, almost a given, I think, in some ways with New Zealand, if uh, of a certain age, often it's that sort of time to go and explore, maybe leave the comfort of the bubble here in New Zealand and go and explore the world. And I know there's a few of you nodding your heads going, yeah, I remember my OE or first taste of travel and addicted ever since. And, you know, there's a lot of people who defines them in many ways with pleasure, holiday, family, to some distance, even lived somewhere else in the world. And you've got connections with, and then it becomes more and more complicated as well. You love, live in another country and uh, you want to visit, you want time together. So we've got this wonderful um, to the world through our travel and yet now we it's it's there in other ways, really, but we don't ability to travel. So how does that make us feel? And what what can we do mainland that fulfills some of that desire to get out and um, I think in some ways it's quite exciting for, uh, because we do tend to <laughs> rather than explore our own environment. That said, a lot of people do. You know, we've got such amazing outdoor, beautiful backcountry and beaches and we really have the most amazing country. And I mean, in many ways, it's not surprising that tourism has become New Zealand, although currently in shutdown mode from our international friends, but not surprising because we're here. So, how do we explore and get to know our own place here? How do we treat what we have here and how do we reconnect with that sense of exploration, curiosity that we have for the rest of the world? I think it's actually quite exciting to be able to apply that to new, to be able to find where we stand in the world, be inspired about what new can offer us and the world. Um, and tourism, that's ideas, that's innovation, that's different sources, different ways to do things and exciting and thoughtful we have a huge opportunity here. So I think we've flipped it in an, I'm really interested in what you might think about all this and I'm, what can that inspire? How do we get to know our own little space? So I hope you have a wonderful continuing this conversation next time. Take care. One of the things that I think is going to come from this pandemic and the response to it is the close connection 
that has been made between the health of people and the economy and, and the linking of that to an environmental factor, in this case, the, the, the virus. What's the sort of the, the health practitioner's view on that, that system and how it's been highlighted? I think it was, I think that connection was, um, you know, fairly well understood to, to most health practitioners and, and even to the, uh, uh, the smarter economists as well that um you know the economy is not a is not a mathematical construct it's you know it's driven by 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 emotions of you know and not just of greed but fear happiness hope you know all all the different emotions fuel economies and if there is if there is fear and concern and worry and 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 a and a rapidly spreading you know potentially dangerous infectious disease is a is a good reason for there to be Fear at a societal level that you you won't have a you won't have a functioning economy. Um, you know the arguments that to that it was too expensive to to the economy to to take health precautions uh, never made sense to uh, I think most uh, most health people and most smarter economists because they they knew you had to you had to deal with the health issue first before you could you could have a a healthy economy. And what I think is, I think the the, the side by side comparison of, of different countries, um, uh, different countries' responses to uh, to COVID uh, will will make that very obvious that the the ones that acted that acted quicker will be will be having um, will be having faster economic rebounds. Uh, I mean, obviously, New Zealand is is probably among those at a bit of a, a bit of a disadvantage because of the the necessary of maintaining a, a, a quarantine for international visitors and, and that with that with being such a big part of the of the economy here. But, um, you know, I was talking to a, uh, you know, we seem to be, we seem to be doing our part though, to, to make that, uh, I, I, to try to address that. I was talking to a colleague today who was complaining that he'd been unable to find a, a hotel room in Rotorua for his family during, during school holidays because they were all booked out. So, yeah, people are definitely doing the um, uh, doing the domestic travel instead. So that's that's great. We might be okay. I think one of the other things that will change as a result of this is that excuses will be gone. People can't say, "Oh no, we can't possibly fix this problem," and we can point back to the pandemic in 2020 and say, "Well, look, you can change things. You can make things happen, and you can make things happen in a hurry." It was, and you're absolutely right. And that's that's uh, and. I, I, again, the, the the telehealth was an example of that. There have been all sorts of barriers for it, put in the way for, uh, for it, and, and a lot of changes in in health that all of a sudden just poof, they vanished. And and they're like, well, was that all it took? <laughs> it only took a major global pandemic, and all the barriers went away. Well, what do you think we can learn? But from you're this? but you're right. They are they're 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 all they're all they're all just they're they're constructs. They're they're made up. They're 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 beliefs. They're not real things. These barriers. What do you think we can learn from this for the the bigger, longer term, perhaps intergenerational questions, social equity, climate change, biodiversity, those sorts of things? I think the learnings for that are uh, will be huge. And people, you know, people will be doing PhDs on this for um, for for decades to 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 help to try to answer, you know, all sorts of fascinating questions uh, within that. But um you know, I think the the certainly the country and a lot of a lot of the world got a 
a chance to sort of stop and think for a little while and and maybe realize they they didn't need to keep doing things the way that they they had been doing uh and look i think i think the answer to your question would would all be you know i could i could i could speculate on lots of things and it would all be speculation but uh and because i don't have clear ideas but i i think i think they will be profound and i'm really i'm really exciting to see what um what those are and i think we'll be seeing them for a long time as well literally decades let's play the second of your music choices low fidelity all styles battle flag why this uh I honestly don't quite know, so I've had to think about this and make up uh, an answer. I, for one thing, uh, I do find it to be what what my teenage daughter would call a banger, and that uh, it 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 gets you moving. Um, and I, I've sort of started to understand recently that there's there's perhaps I'm I'm a very generally viewed as a nice, easygoing guy, but I do have some I do have some anger inside and some and an anti-authoritarian streak, and I think songs like this help. Uh, help uh help let that out of me uh in a in a in a in a safe way your construction smells of corruption I manipulate to recreate this air to go around saga. Gotta launder my charmer, 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 charmer,
so I have some questions to end with. They weren't hiding from me. There they are. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? The last couple of years. I... It's, it's it's hard to perhaps call this a success uh but i mean it was but it was such a it was such a a terrible thing as well i was so although i live in tauranga now i i i live most of my time in new zealand in fakatani and worked at fakatani hospital and i was part of the response in fakatani to the um fakari white island uh eruption and um, I wasn't in town when it first happened. I wasn't, I wasn't there when the first patients arrived, but I got there about two hours uh, afterwards. Uh, and, when, and things were certainly in, in full swing still. And while that, you know, that's obviously was a, it was a horribly traumatic thing for the, uh, for the victims. Uh, it was a very psychologically significant event for, uh, for all the, the staff involved, but it was an incredible privilege to be part of that. And it was, it was an amazing response by a huge group of people, uh, again, where, you know, where all the, all the barriers, all the barriers disappeared, everything was leveled and everybody worked incredibly hard towards, um, a single goal to to take care of all these uh, uh, of all these of all these patients. And while it's it's certainly not it's I I have no you know nothing nothing about nothing about me is responsible for that success. But being but but the overall medical response from Fakatani and I think the whole of the New Zealand healthcare system was as great of a success as it could have been. And it and I and it feels like a a huge honor and privilege to have been to have been a part of that. Weirdly, almost difficult thing to celebrate because people are hurt and it's individuals people's lives. But you're right; it should be a thing which we acknowledge as a success of our systems. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. People's people's incredible work should be should be recognized, and it's and but you're right because because of the other suffering around it, the people. You know, the colleagues don't want to be recognized for it um, because it feels, you know, they can't they can't allow themselves that 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 sense of accomplishment. Certainly not, you know, and certainly not publicly or even to themselves, because that's not how sort of clinicians are wired uh, because of the, you know, because it, 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 it feels so pale in comparison to the to the harm that um, that, that that befell that, that group of people. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. So that's our team of people doing good work. So you're in our mansion. What's the superpower that's got you there? Ah, uh, my superpower. Um, selective blindness to rules, which, which, which I fully recognize, you know, as as a you know straight white upper middle upper middle class male cis male. I. You know, I, I, it, it, it is a privilege to be able to be, uh, to ignore rules. Um, 
but because it's a privilege, I also think it's it's a mandate to use that privilege to ignore the rules that um, that are that are in their way of of doing the right thing. And uh, uh, if um, yeah, I mean, if I can't do it, then how how would anybody else be able to? So I've, uh, I again, I, I I try to use I try to use that for good. Maybe it's a responsibility. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, no, I I. I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't flatter myself as as thinking that what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning I was always I was raised a lot in in rural eastern Oregon and we did a lot of and we did a lot of camping and backpacking and spending time outdoors and 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 the message that was always put into me is that you 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 leave the place in better shape than you found it and and that's um and and that's what I try to do I try to I, I want to make the world a better place than than where I find it. Uh, not not to the point where I'm I'm trying to be a revolutionary and 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 do so in a dramatic way. But if I I can make it better for the the world that that I that I interact with and and have and have some influence in, then that's what motivates me, and that's that's how I would judge success. What challenge you're looking forward to in the next couple of years? Uh I've got some, I've got some very uh very some big, big projects at the at the moment uh uh in flight um one one at work with the with the dhb and the the other that i mentioned with a with a with a startup uh business as well and um and either one of those would be would be enough and if i can pull those uh if i can pull the both off uh yeah, all the better that'd be doubly exciting and lastly do you exactly. have any advice for our listeners oh I'm sure you have a very. Uh, I have. A, I'm sure you have a very uh, diverse group of, uh, of visitors and um, of listeners. And I don't. Uh, boy, some nice pithy short advice. Wash your hands, Moira. Um, Matt, we had um, before COVID and before Bacardi, we had a phenomenal number of horrendous car accidents in the boat that put huge pressure on uh, emergency services. Then we had Bacardi. Then we went into COVID, the great unknown, and you guys just have had one thing after another. And thank you for everything that you do, for the sacrifices that your families make and time, for the things that you have to face every day that most of us just couldn't even begin to fathom um, to, to make the world a better place, to keep us safe, to literally hold lives in your hand. To you and your colleagues. You're welcome. You've been listening to... Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay, Dunedin, with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani. And in Taronga, we've had Dr. Matt Valentine. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.